0: Hey, 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 you guys. Thank you all so much once again for being special guests here on Black Canvas. I have an amazing, not only actor, but just human being that's going to be on this show, and his name is Jeremy Crittenden. If you guys have not heard of Jeremy before, he is an award winning actor originally from a small city on the Canadian prairies, now living in New York City. He works on stages, large and small, across Canada, and most recently earned his first Broadway credit. On the musical paradise square on screen he worked on shows like star trek discovery the expansive taken murdoch mysteries and a cult hit stan helmson jeremy has also worked in the news radio business first as an entertainment reporter and then as a news anchor he interviews some of his favorite artists like rufus rufus excuse me guys wainwright eric idol and michael buble today jeremy continues to audition while also dedicating time to being an online creator. His Instagram posts and his reels reached over 750,000 people every single month. And he says his favorite part of creating content is hearing from people who say that video made me smile. And he makes me smile, he's a really great person. And we're so glad to have you here, Jeremy, here on Black Canvas, thank you. Thanks for having me. me. Well, I'm excited. Thank you so much for just, first of all, agreeing to be on the show. And I'm just excited to get straight into these questions that I know our listeners want to learn about. you. Yeah. Great. All right. So the first question I have for you is what influenced you to become an actor? And a second part of that question is, what was the first thing you saw on stage that had a huge impact on you when you started in your journey?
1: Sure. Um I think, you know, when I was young, I really wanted to be a singer. That's all I really wanted to be. (laughs) Um, And so I did uh, choirs when I was a kid. And then when I got into, like, junior high school, I auditioned for a school musical. So that was the first time I had any sort of um, experience acting, and I really loved it. Uh, And so after that, it really became a, a big passion and something I was dedicating a lot of time to, in addition to music. So music theater really made a lot of sense. Um, it wasn't until I was in high school though, like I think almost a senior really that I saw, you know, a great big musical that the town that I grew up in, we didn't get, you know, big tours coming through big Broadway tours. So we had gone up to Calgary, which was the closest, you know, big city. And I saw a production of showboat and just the, the scale of it was, it it blew me away. The talent blew me away. Cloris Leachman was in it and she was so great. Like It was just such a wonderful experience that um, uh, it really made me know that that's what I wanted to do the rest of my life.
0: Wow, that is an amazing experience that you kind of mentioned. And I think coming from a small town, like I said, it's really hard to have those many influences. The great thing, of course, now we have YouTube and we have so many outlets out there where people can still watch and be a part of. But like you said, sitting and actually um, being present at a musical is a lot different than, of course, a video of it. So I know that can be really difficult, but I love that you were able to kind of find that and it gave you the light to want to be in not only Broadway, but just to find the arts as something that could help motivate you in your career that we see today.
1: Yeah. And like, we didn't have those, you know what I mean? We didn't have those things back then. There was no YouTube. There was no uh, real access to uh, bootlegs, which I don't even really like watching videos of musicals online, to be totally honest. Um, It never feels the right, like the right experience. I think being in the room is really the absolute best way. Now I love things like, you know, Hamilton on Disney plus where you see a a pro shot of a musical that gives you uh, the closest possible uh, experience without being in the room. And those are great. I do love those. But, you know, nothing beats that experience of being in the room with a thousand other people going through the same thing, experiencing the same story all together.
0: You're 100% correct. The first musical I actually um, went to was Cats, and they actually did a version of it in Mississippi. So um, my cousin had taken my aunt for her birthday. It was a surprise trip. And so we went to see cats and I just remember hearing memory and just being so enthralled with Mm. the song. And like I said, I ended up buying the actual DVD later and it definitely did not compare it to being in person and just seeing, you know, just how everyone connected and you felt, and I was really young then. So I kind of felt like I was there and your imagination just literally can Mm. take form when you're around so many creative people. So for that, um, that ensemble cast at that time, it was just amazing. And I just remember that experience. I bet. I bet. All right. Speaking of cast and crew and family, I really want to talk about what has been like the best advice you've been given. So the first one I want you to answer is the best advice you were given from your family. And then the second one, the best advice you were given from like an acting either co-star. And then the third one is by a mentor in the field.
1: Sure. Um, I would say in terms of, you know, best advice I was ever given from family. um, I feel really lucky that I I mean, I didn't grow up in a family that had a lot of experience in the arts. None of us were in the arts. Um, I have an uncle who's a a really amazing guy and he was a teacher. He taught drama. He was I guess. So, yeah. Sorry. He was in the arts. He was teaching in the arts, but um, we didn't live in the same city. We were only you know, I only maybe saw him about, um, once a year, but, uh, he always really gave great advice and it always really centered around being kind and being yourself. And, uh, he would always give us the most amazing, like creative gifts. He would always bring me these amazing books. He gave me this book once on Marshall McLuhan, who is, um, a Canadian sort of media philosopher. And, um, yeah, just, having exposure to that from him um, to Canadian culture and to that kind of advice of like, go out into the world and be yourself and discover new things and don't stop learning. Um, I'm, I've always been really grateful to my uncle Al for that. Um, the second one was uh, from a, a colleague, from a castmate.
0: Yeah. The second one's from a castmate and a third one would be from a mentor.
1: Sure. Oh gosh. Um, from castmates, you know, uh, one of my best friends, Um, Sarah Jean, who we met doing a show, we met doing Chorus Line back in Vancouver, I think like 20 years ago now, or 18 years ago or something, too many years ago. And um, I remember in the audition, uh, I wasn't really a dancer, I enjoy dancing, I am able to pick it up, but it hasn't been a, a real area of focus in my career, so I was auditioning for Chorus Line, I don't know why, not being a dancer, I would never do that now, but... Um, in the audition, I I don't think I was doing very well, but she could see that maybe there was some potential and, um, she pulled me aside during the audition and like asked me, I think she asked like what leg I turned on and I had no idea what leg I turned on. And, you know, she was, okay, you're turning your left leg. And, um, she said to me after the audition that like, she could tell I was nervous and tell I was sort of like, you know, busy comparing myself to other people and uh she told me to drop that. She told me to stop doing that. Like, don't be afraid, just like be yourself, just go for it and have fun. And I think I was able to really enjoy the rest of that audition process. We became incredibly good friends. I booked the show, and uh we've uh we've been besties ever since. So um yeah. Grateful to grateful to her for her great insight. And I I still every single time I go into an audition and I'm like in my head or stressed out about it. I often think about her just being like, don't, don't do that. Just have a good time. Just let go.
0: I love that. I mean, that's such a great advice um, that we can give, even if you're not in the entertainment business, like when we're trying to let go into, to live in the moment. And a lot of times we forget about the present because many of us are fixated on past mistakes or we are wanting to propel ourselves to a future that is uncertain. And so I love like just being present and sitting in your feelings and just being okay with not being okay sometimes it's is some, such great advice.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes, that's exactly it. Like it, being uncomfortable isn't always a bad thing.
0: Absolutely. So speaking of being nervous or uncomfortable, it kind of leads into my next question. Um, I know you said that you interviewed Michael Buble, and every time I look at him, I love his voice, but I just remember that commercial, the bubbly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I can't help but just think of that, but were you nervous when you first sat down and interviewed him, and if you ever deal with anxiety, how do you manage your anxiety in a way?
1: You know, when I interviewed Michael, it was kind of later on in my career. So by that point, I had interviewed a bunch of celebrities and I was I was used to it. I was prepared. And that really helped me in those situations of, you know, going in, knowing what kind of questions I was going to ask, um, having read interviews, other interviews that people had done with Michael. And so I kind of had a sense of his uh, his personality. And I also knew people who have worked with Michael. So that helped a lot as well. So that, I really wasn't nervous going into that interview. My very first celebrity interview was Jacob Dylan, and I was terribly nervous and terribly unprepared and I did a horrible job, very anxious over that one. But Michael was great and we had a lot of fun. It ended up being one of my most favorite interviews because um, he was goofing around with me and I knew that he would goof around with me. And so we had a great time and it was it was fun. It was on the... Um, it was on a yacht. (laughs) I interviewed him on like the bridge of this yacht that the week before Oprah had been on. You know, when we got to this yacht, you had to take off your shoes and put on slippers. I had like all these, what size of slipper are you? And (laughs) they give you these slippers that you could wear on the yacht. You couldn't have your shoes on there. Um, and then we sat on the bridge and I think they said like you had five minutes and there's a publicist on the bridge with us. eye on the clock. And we had such a great time. We went over time. You could see her kind of tapping the watch. And, you know, Michael didn't care. We were we were having a good time goofing around and, and uh, chatting. And it ended up being, yeah, really fun. The stories were really great.
0: Man, I love to hear that. I always thought you would be like a down-to-earth type individual. And I'm just so glad to hear that you had such a great experience with Michael.
1: He is, he's very, he's very down to earth. He's very, very playful. And uh, that's what makes him, I think that's one of the things that makes him such a great entertainer is he's having fun, you know?
0: Absolutely, and that's what I love about this show as well is I get nervous sometimes when I'm interviewing people. Like I think the most nervous I've ever been was interviewing um, Les Trent from Inside Edition. And so I had Mm. never really talked to him by phone. It was just right before we got on. It was like a minute. So we were kind of, you know, checking to make sure the audio was great. And it was just straight into the questions, And he was a consummate professional. It was an amazing opportunity for me to kind of get some of those nerves out of there. And I looked up to him for so many years. So just talking to someone who you admire and him just being so gracious and, and loving and helpful throughout the experience. I felt like I was talking to the president in my mind. I was like, man, this is, I'm nervous, but I'm not, but I'm okay. But I pinched myself and I was, the whole while I was sweating bullets. He yeah. wouldn't have known, but it was such a great experience for me. And then it just kind of taught me, of you know, no matter who you talk to, you know, you have to be yourself, be authentic and people are going to connect with that energy. But if you're trying to put on or, or to sound a certain way, it's going to sound that way on the other end, or you're going to beat yourself up later. And so I felt really confident at the end. I was like, man, I talked to an idol to me and he was such a great person.
1: That's great. And I, you know, I think the other thing to, that's, that I used to run remind myself of when I was interviewing celebrities or you meet celebrities or whatever, you know, you're meeting idols or or people that you look up to any kind of situation where you're meeting someone who might make you a little nervous. It's remembering like everybody's just a person. Everybody's just a person. Everybody's looking for, opportunities to have a genuine authentic connection with someone and when you do bring yourself to it and you you know you take a breath and um just go in looking to have a nice connection with somebody it puts everybody at ease you know i think when people get nervous sometimes especially in like an an interview sort of setting um it it, it like affects the trust in the room. Does that make sense? Where all of a sudden you just go like, ah, something's afoot. You know, you can't, you may not even recognize all that person I'm talking to is just nervous about being around me. There's just all of a sudden a weird vibe. So if you can like shake that off, you know, take a breath and just remember that we're all kind of the same. I I think those experiences become way more interesting and authentic and fun.
0: Absolutely. I, I think you're right about that. And I noticed it within like the first minute or two And then after that, I was like, it's going fine. And then we just made a joke and we started talking about food, which is my favorite thing to talk about. And so after that, we just kind of just had a good time. And I was like, oh, this is really just a down to earth conversation. And then I was able to just shake it off. And sometimes you have to have that internal dialogue with yourself before entering a room or talking to someone because- when you're not in the right space, you know, it reads and it can take over and not only the room, but just your experience. And you're right. I felt like I needed that shake it off, Jerry, moment. And I did. And I was like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's and
1: I think it also helpful. helps. And like I said before about like the preparation, especially if you're in a like a professional situation like that, where, oh, we're doing I'm interviewing this person, the more prepared, the better. I used to um, oftentimes anytime I've been interviewed, like before I go into an interview, I think a lot about you know, what are, especially if I don't know the questions, if I don't know the questions, thinking, what are the possible questions? What are the things that I would be asking me in this situation? And, um, I have very often played out the whole interview out loud in front of a mirror in the bathroom by myself. So I can like have the thoughts. I can say the words out loud, so that, in the room, like in front of the microphone, it's not the very first time these words are going to be escaping me, and that has always helped me big time and as an interviewer, I would remember that, and so a lot of times, especially if I was speaking to someone who was nervous, like you know like a, a local artist or somebody who hadn't been on the radio before, I would do the um I would do the interview twice i would Talk them through the interview. We would do everything just without the microphones on, go through all the questions, and then we'd have the conversation again. I'd be like, great, I'm turning on the microphone now. Let's do exactly what we just did. And we'd go through it. And I'd always get a great interview because, um, you know, I essentially walked them through what I had been doing alone in the bathroom,
0: right? Absolutely. And it's like muscle memory, like you said, like exercising, Mm -hmm. it's the same difference. Like you're working at muscle within yourself and our brain is the most powerful muscle I feel like in our bodies that definitely can dictate how everything else goes and how we feel. And so if you can get in the right space and like I said, looking in the mirror and you're being confident in what you're saying, then when you're, if it's either video, or audio, it should be the same cadence in how you speak and how you share, you know, it helps people to feel connected for sure. Yeah. So speaking of like getting to know people, new artists, Um, Can you tell me if there was any one person in the world that you could trade places with, it could be for a day, a week, a year, whatever you choose. um, What person would you choose and what age do you wish that you could relive again? If you had the opportunity.
1: Oh my gosh. That is such a fascinating question. You know, I would trade places with Kim Kardashian. I am just so absolutely intrigued by her and I would love to know what that day is like what a day in her shoes is like i i would just absolutely love that um what those meetings are the people that she's meeting you know working on these businesses and brands it all looks very fascinating to me and um yeah i (laughs) i think that's who it would be i would love to say it's somebody like the president of the united states or i'm an incredible philosopher or a you know some brilliant artist, but no, I'm very intrigued by Kim Kardashian. I would love to spend a day in her shoes. Now, what age would I like to go back and relive? Gosh, I, I, you know, I've thought about this and, um, I, maybe 30, maybe I would just like to go back to, I can't remember what it was like turning 30. I just turned 40 and, um, I've been spending, or leading up to turning, uh, leading up to my 40th birthday, I kept thinking about, why can't I remember turning 30? How did I feel when I was turning 30? Did I have like some age crisis at that moment? Was I like freaking out about getting out of my 20s? And because I had like a little bit of that heading into my 40th birthday. Um, Now that I'm 40, I'm, I'm so happy. Like I'm, And I just wonder if that's how I felt 10 years ago because I genuinely cannot remember. How bizarre is that? I cannot remember what I did for my 30th birthday. And you always think of those like, you know, big zero birthdays as being something you'll never forget. Totally forgot it. Totally forgot it. I'd love to know if I was stressed out. I imagine I was, but yeah, I'd like to go back and, and, uh, I'd love to go back and see where I was. I, I would be curious to see where I was and what I was going through. And um, uh, oh gosh, if I could give me advice 10 years ago, uh, that would probably be great to do too.
0: Oh man. Yeah, I remember my 30th birthday. The only reason I remember it is I was working in the hospital at this time. And so my mom threw a surprise party. And so I was working on one side of the hospital and he had this break room area that they surprised me. And I didn't expect to see the people that were there. So it was a great moment for me. But I just remember just because I'm not a crier, really. And so mm. I was like I felt an emotion because I just started like getting into my career as a counselor and just beginning. And I was questioning myself of like, am I doing wow. the right thing? I don't want to harm anyone. I want to make sure I'm mm. doing everything I could. And they bought me a t-shirt and said, number one counselor at the hospital. It was really cool what they did, but it was just how people really you know, showed me love and respect as a human outside of just my career. And that just reminded me, hey, you know what? You're doing something right. That all these people showed up, not only just to celebrate you, but just to let you know that you are a worthwhile person that deserves love and respect too. And sometimes we can lose sight of that when we go through so many traumatic situations in our lives. And so for me, it just helped refuel me to continue to do what I was doing. And then it also shifted my perspective of just how I viewed myself sometimes. Even when I looked in the mirror, I was like, hey, you know what, you are doing the right thing. And so that was a great 30th for me. And I'm getting close to 40. So I totally know, like, when you get close to those numbers, your mind goes into, okay, what's going to change. But now i finally gotten to a point of, you know, what it's meant to be is meant to be. And if I need to make whatever changes in my life, I'm just going to accept them for what they are. And, and for the people who are surrounded by me, you know, this is, just a blessing in itself. And so that keeps me going because I'm not comparing myself to anyone. I'm just living in these moments. Yeah,
1: exactly. I, I keep saying to people, it's like, n- literally nothing has changed. Um, I still feel like I'm 18 years old. I'm sure half the time I still act like I'm 18 years old. So
0: it <laughs> <age> is clearly
1: <laughs> nothing but a number.
0: Absolutely. And it kind of goes into another fun question I have for you. How do you unwind after having a lone day? So do you have like a morning, evening, or a night routine that you follow? Yeah,
1: my morning routine is uh, I do not mess with it. It is vital. It is one of the most important things in my life. Um, I love my morning routine. I wake up every day. The first thing I do is I go to my espresso machine. I pull myself four beautiful ounces of delicious espresso. <laughs> And that's when I just have my like chill time. I usually watch Stephen Colbert. I'll watch like the Stephen Colbert monologue from the late show. I'm obsessed with that show. I love him so much. And um, sometimes I'll get like a little bit of news, you know, get updated on the day, um, get caffeinated. And that's just sort of like my me time. Um, throughout the day, it's tough. I, I try to keep really, really busy. And I know. The lesson that we are supposed to have learned as a society over the last couple of years is to like slow down and uh, have a better work-life balance. Um, But honestly, I love what I do. (laughs) I love my friends. I love being busy. I love finding opportunities to do things like this podcast and meet interesting people and tell stories. And so I, I really try to stay as busy as possible. And I, I think maybe one of the reasons is over the pandemic, you know, I was still going through immigration and so I couldn't work in the United States. And so I spent a lot of time not doing the things that I wanted to do, not creating, uh, sitting at home and um, consuming in terms of like entertainment and creativity, consuming other people's creativity on TV, on the Internet, whatever it might be. And it made me so sad that I wasn't contributing, that I wasn't using my talents, um, that I wasn't doing the things that I love to do. So once I got my green card, which was only in November, um, I have been running as hard as I can and working as hard as I can. And I'm so happy doing that. So I like to get to the end of the day And as I'm about to crawl into bed and look back on the day and just feel like I crushed it, just feel like, yes, I absolutely brought 100% of myself to that. I get to crawl into this bed with these nice linen sheets I paid way too much money for that I could not afford that one time and go off into the most amazing sleep knowing I earned that moment. And I know a lot of people might go like, dude, that's, you know... No, you got to slow down. But I really want the second half of my life, I want the next 40 years of my life to be exciting and full of adventure and meeting amazing people and enjoying every minute and, um, and creating as much as I can because those are the things that make me happy.
0: I really love that, Jeremy. I mean, you said a mouthful in which you, just your experience in life. First of all, being here in the U.S., the the journey is taken for you to get the green card, to be able to live out your dreams, but to make genuine connections with human beings here and like you've made with me. And it's just so important for people to remember, like everyone has a story and we all have experiences that within our story that is going to differentiate us from the other person, but it doesn't mean that we can't still love and respect each person for their uniqueness and for what they bring to the table. And I think that's what helps you yeah. stand out, especially in auditions. You know, people are gonna wanna get to know you outside of the character you have to play. And so I love that about human beings mm-hmm. and we all, always say, we're wearing masks, but it doesn't have to be a facade. You know, we get to paint it, we get to show people, this is who we are in this moment. And then when I take off a mask and I'm choosing to live this life or choosing to be this way, it doesn't have to be something, you know, that is, you know, a negative. Because a lot of times we go into, oh, this person isn't being authentic. Well, they're still learning to live their true selves through each experience they're going through. Every 24 hours can be a different person that they're getting to know. And then when they find that comfort within themselves, it's like, oh, I mm-hmm. actually like this human being. I want to stay In this position, not complacent, but just in a position of loving who he or she is and or who they are. And so I love this show is because I have so many people from different walks of life, different experiences that have been guests from all around the globe. And I just get to sit back and see them live in their truth and their self-worth and and be able to acknowledge or be able to finally share something they never share with anyone else with me. And so that gives me comfort, but it also brings joy to my life because I get to be a part of that process with them. So I'm excited for you, Jeremy. I know you got a lot of good things coming, which goes to my last two questions for you. Can you tell us what's next for you and how can our listeners find you online?
1: Sure. Um, On uh, Instagram and Twitter, I'm uh, J Critty, J C R I T T Y. And on TikTok, somebody's sitting on my name. So I'm hi, Y H-I-J-C-R-I-T-T-Y on uh, TikTok if you want to see, you know, all the silly stuff I'm out there making. Um, it's trying to make people laugh and, yeah, make authentic connections with people, and which is really cool. And I've started doing Instagram Lives, which I'm, I'm really enjoying um, because like, like you're doing here, you get an opportunity to kind of connect with people, and interact with folks from all around the world, which is so wild and so cool. So, I'm spending a lot of my time doing that lately, um, uh, creating reels and TikToks and then doing these lives. And, um, you know, I wanna be doing a podcast as well. I'm, I'm working on that, on some ideas and some concepts for that. And then I'm out auditioning all the time. I'm actually doing this phone call right now at a dear friend's place who just helped me do a self tape audition for a show. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm out there hustling. I'm out there hustling for sure. And um uh trying to just trying to make my mark however I can.
0: Well, I'm just excited to be, like I said, a small part of this journey. I think you've made a huge mark already, an indelible mark in my life. And I just want you to just believe in yourself. That's the main advice I always give someone. Just believe in what you're doing and just also just watch your company and who you surround yourself with. Because I promise people, they see gold stars or they see money in your eyes and they're like, oh, I want to get close to this person and they have ulterior motives. So always just watch your company, be aware, read your, any contracts that you guys sign. That's just great advice just in general. And then always, you know, Mm -hmm. for me, I pray about it. Um, Some people meditate or have their own spiritual awakenings. Whatever you need to do to help recenter yourself, use that as a means to get to know the reasons why you're doing things and also just surrounding yourself with people who really do care about that journey you're taking.
1: Yeah, I I think that's really great. And also like, you know, I always really believe in trying to push yourself outside of your comfort zone because I think that's where you really discover new things about yourself. And it's, it's also vital, I think, to have like the people around you. I always talk about having found family, um, you know, I'm not super close to my family, so the friends that I've made along the way, I always talk about are, are are my found family, and those are the people that, as you're pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, as you're, you know, living a life where you're willing to fail forward, you know, um, those folks are always there to sort of catch you when you trip or stumble or bump into the walls and things. And I'm uh, forever grateful for the amazing found family I have around me in New York and in Canada. Um, who've, yeah, been there to support me on this wild, crazy journey, right?
0: Well, I love that. I love that you have it from different areas and that people do care about you and they want to see you succeed. And I know you're going to make it huge in this industry, for sure.
1: Uh, thanks, man. That's very kind.
0: Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm here for you. I told you, anytime you need me, reach out. And I would love to have you back in the future if you want to come back and just talk and tell me about your life.
1: Absolutely. I'd love that. Let's
0: do it for sure. All right, Jeremy. Well, you keep on doing what you're doing, and I want you to continue to succeed.
1: Thanks, man. I really appreciate um, taking the time and uh, getting to connect.
0: Absolutely, Jeremy. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Well, Jeremy, you keep doing what you're doing, and I just want you to succeed. All right. Have Thanks, a great man. day, and I'll talk with you soon. Okay. Sounds bye. good, Jerry. Bye-bye.